Long ago, Job asked the question, if a man dies, will he live again? Plato, the Greek philosopher, asked a question that was unanswered in his mind. Either death is a state of nothingness and utter unconsciousness, or there is a change and a migration of the soul from this world to another. And in Paul's day, there was a motto that stood in Athens that all the Greeks lived by. It went like this, once a man dies and the earth drinks up his blood, there is no resurrection. Skeptical, sophisticated, hard-headed, pragmatic people. No, that's not a description just of our world today. That is a description of the people at Paul's time in Corinth. Corinth was known as a city of intelligence, a city that liked rhetoric and logic and arguments and had to be proved to them when something was brought forward to challenge them. But hear Paul's words again as he speaks to that church. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Useless. That's a strong word. It means you put your trust in the wrong things. It means you put your hope in a misplaced person. You know, sometimes that happens in our world. We can be disappointed by putting our trust in the wrong person, somebody that we depended on. In 1964, director Alfred Hitchcock had a show, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And on that show in 64, he had an episode that was called The Final Escape. The story plot was just simply this. There was a man who was imprisoned whose goal it was in whatever prison he was in to escape. Well, at the prison that he was at, a lumber company for the state, the guards were especially hard and said that he was not going to leave this prison. He met, as he was assigned to a work duty, the prison coffin maker. The man's name was Doc. Doc was a cynical drunk with a weak heart. But Doc had a granddaughter that he dearly loved who needed an operation. As he got to know this man who wanted to break out of this prison again, it came to the point where the man said, well, you know, I have a lot of money on the outside, and I'm willing to fund this operation that your granddaughter needs in order to restore her to health, but you have to help me get out of here. And so they hatched a plan that what would happen was that when the next person died in that prison, he would crawl into the coffin with that dead body, would be buried, and then Doc would rescue him later by digging him up and getting him free so that he could get the money for the operation. All was going according to plan. He managed to get himself into the infirmary to be sick. There was a man in the bed next to him who was ill, who was dying. Everything was looking all right. Doc had made the final plans. This is what would happen this night. In the morning, he would crawl in, and he would rescue him. 
It all went according to plan. He got in that coffin, they, and the lid was closed, and they nailed it in the morning without looking inside once again. They took him to the graveyard, and they lowered the coffin in. A little bit of uneasiness on his face, but he knew that Doc would come and rescue him. And as the dirt began to fall on top of him, he managed to grab a match that was in his pocket, light it, look at his watch for a moment, and say, in 20 minutes, Doc will be here. Time passes in the show, and he lights another match to see that it's been more than an hour and Doc hasn't come. Doc, where are you? Doc, where are you? And as the show continues, the man finally looking at his watch, the flame going out from oxygen, he's pounding, he's moving, he's wrestling, and as he does, he managed to move the shroud from the body next to him only to see the face of Doc, who had died of a heart attack. There was no hope for him at that point. He put his faith in the wrong person. If Christ is dead, Paul is saying, there's no getting out of the grave. Faith is useless. Think about that for a moment. If Christ is not raised, faith is useless. Our faith the faith that we believe and profess. There's no point in being here. You know, that's an interesting thing as you think about it with other world religions. Because if I took Islam and took Muhammad out of the picture, you could still practice Islam on its steps to heaven. If I took Buddha out or Confucius or anyone else out of an earthly religion, that religion could go on. We can follow a pathway that will eventually lead us to God or to heaven or to whatever that is. But if we take Christ out of our faith, we have nothing. Go home, Paul says. Pack it up. If there's no resurrection, this is simply just foolishness. You know, there's some in our world that look cynically at us as Christians who believe in a resurrection, who believe in something so impossible, who think that we are just simply fools and would rather not hear the message that we have to bring. Once I heard an interview with composer Randy Newman, who is known for the music for Disney Pixar's Toy Story and Monsters, Inc., he was being interviewed about Irving Berlin, a composer of the last century, who wrote many songs that we all know. I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas, The Easter Parade, talking about a bonnet on Easter Sunday, both made into movies and musicals. He asked, what did he think the greatest contribution that Berlin made to the world of music? Randy Newman sarcastically said, well, I think the greatest contribution are those two songs, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas and Easter Parade. Well, why, he was asked. He said, because Berlin in those two songs was simply able to do this. In White Christmas, he was able to take Christ out of Christmas, and with Easter Parade, he was able to take the cross out of Easter for America. We stand here today and in this area of our church, we have three fundamental things that surround us to remind us of the foundation of our faith. The first is this window in the transom. 
The, word, the window of Christmas, the incarnation, that God had to come to earth to take on human flesh in order to redeem us. The cross that stands in the center, the place where that redemption took place by the suffering and death of Jesus Christ. And the resurrection window, the window that we look at that means hope is renewed. That that victory on the cross was secure. That our sins are taken away. That this isn't simply foolishness. But this is truth. Paul knew the church in Corinth wasn't simply going to listen to him if he said there's a resurrection. He went through steps in his gospel and his message to say here it is. If Christ is dead, this is the conclusion. This is what you have to think about. They stood over the graves wondering where was the resurrection? Why wasn't it happening? Believing the motto of Athens, there is no resurrection. But Paul does more than go through the rhetoric and logic of their arguments. He points out to them there are witnesses, people that you know, more than 500 at one time. There is credibility. We have preached this. We have not preached it in vain. Christ is risen. He says it not to prove a point. He says it, in fact, to give them hope. You see, this is what we celebrate today. Hope, as you saw in the video, is reborn. Hope not only for the resurrection of the dead, but hope in our lives too. The disciples on that Easter Sunday had lost hope, were locked in a room, thought that their Messiah was dead and all hope was gone. The Corinthians stood over a grave looking at their loved ones, saying, this isn't true, our motto is right, there is no resurrection. Hope was gone. But the resurrection is proof not only to them and to us that hope is alive and reborn again and again in our lives as we celebrate this resurrection. In our lives, too, so often things can come over us. So many things can be dead in our lives. Relationships and marriages, hearts. We can be hurt by injuries of words that are said. We can hold on to things without forgiveness. We, too, can be fixated on the dead, on the things of the past. But the resurrection means to us that hope can be reborn, that the dead do live, that we can go on, and that hope can touch our lives again today. Things can start over because Christ is alive. We have a future. We have forgiveness. God has accomplished what He came to do in Jesus Christ. The slate is wiped clean. We can start again. We celebrate that today, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Paul says, in fact, Christ is risen, the first fruits of them that sleep. We will follow. That hope is in us. That hope is reborn again today. May we hold on to it forever. Christ is risen.